freaking auto. This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Mike. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Heward, not exactly Joe Cap there in the pocket. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. All right, let's go. Brock and Salt Show, Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com and the Seattle Sports app, plus the podcast platforms. I am at the Virginia Mason Athletic Center today. I'm at the Seahawks facility. Why? Yeah, talk to Mike McDonald, new coach of the Seahawks, coming up at 9.30 this morning. So uh, that'll be new and different and interesting and looking forward to talking to him in the morning after the Super Bowl. Did you enjoy the game yesterday? Was that a great game or was it a good game? I didn't get the sense it was like an elite all-time Super Bowl you'll remember forever. It just it It had, obviously, the score and the overtime. I don't know that it had those moments that you tend to remember for the rest of your life that are like, you know, the elite Super Bowl moments where, you know, it's a specific play. It's a specific decision. It's something that will just sort of live on forever. This game had a lot of good moments, certainly in the second half and overtime. Um, I didn't think it had any of those like truly remember them forever moments, but overall really good football game, entertaining enjoyed it it's helpful it's more fun when you're rooting for the team that wins right i mean even if it's not your team it's just more fun rooting for a team that wins and i was with my parents all three of us were rooting for the chiefs i'm not sure that any of us really had a good reason why but we were and uh that was a good game and patrick mahomes the best quarterback in the game so what are you gonna do you can't let him have the ball last they did and he won that's how it goes. I, kind of, I thought I had a feeling on Friday that you were almost leaning towards the Niners there. So no. I was actually kind of a surprise. No, I think I really, really hate Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I think that's the thing that, like, it pushed, pushed me over the top. And I told you, I was rooting for the whole – I like the whole Taylor Swift thing. Like, I think it's a fun story. I thought it brought – it was probably the most memorable part of the game. Oh, I was going to say the, mem- the most memorable thing that I will remember forever of this game is, is Travis Kelsey running into Andy Reid. Like, that's the first thing that's going to pop in yeah, my mind. Yeah, that, that, was, that was, was. I thought you were going to say the Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Which that is amazing. Was good too. That yes. was good, yeah. <laughs> but yeah Matt the... Damon made that. I thought he did a really good job in the Dunkin' Donuts yeah. commercial. That was terrific. That was great. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll dig into all of those things over the course of the morning. But I, I would just start by saying very good Super Bowl. Maybe not quite elite in my book, but so what? Really entertaining, fun to watch. You know, the one thing that I guess people are talking about today is the decision made at the end of the game uh, at the start of overtime by Kyle Shanahan to take the ball first. Did you think it was the right call or did you think it was a mistake in the moment? With these rules, uh, no, I think it's definitely the wrong call because you you should want to know whether you need a field goal or a touchdown and base your decision off of that. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that after the game, a bunch of the 49ers players said that they were not clear on the Well, it sounds like no one was, rules. right? Like, well, no, the Chiefs players said, like Chris Jones said that they had been talking about it since hmm. the beginning of the season. How come Nicole Hardman didn't know they'd won the game, though? 
I don't. That one I don't know. <laughs> Mah- I mean, but Mahomes Somebody was making fun of him. Mahomes, yeah, because Mahomes knew. He was like, I don't know why he didn't yeah, know. Michael Hartman was with the Jets to start the season, wasn't he? Right. <laughs> talking about it. Yeah, he still had some of the stink of the New York Jets all over him. Yeah, I, that part of it is troubling, certainly, more that, that there were people on the team that didn't understand what was supposed to happen. I, uh, I would just say this. I, I think in general I would tend to agree with you that in in these new rules it does make more sense not only does it give you the chance to know if you need a touchdown or a field goal but it gives you the opportunity to go for it on fourth down which changes the game entirely and beyond all of that if if the Niners had scored a touchdown and then the Chiefs had gone down the field and scored that touchdown themselves they probably could have and should have gone for two at that point right because then you're kicking off to the to the Niners and basically saying all you need is a field goal to win. So if you do give up a touchdown and go down and score a touchdown, wouldn't you rather put the faith in Patrick Mahomes to get two yards rather than in your defense to only stop the other team from getting a field goal? I would. So, yeah, I think there are a bunch of benefits to, to taking the ball second. Did that outweigh, and it's easy to say now that they lost, but does that outweigh the fact that his defense had just been on the field for 11 straight plays? Right. That's what my first thought was like, well, your defense is pretty gassed up. It's the one, and and if if that had been his reasoning after the game, I think everyone would be like, all right, like that's the type of thing that we can't really know exactly how they're feeling. But here, cut three. That doesn't sound like that was really even part of his decision-making process. This is something we talked about. With None of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys, and we just thought it would be better. We wanted the ball third. But both teams matched and scored. We wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win and got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least to a field goal. And if we did, then we felt it was in our hands after that. Yeah, the problem with that is, A, it doesn't bring up his defense being tired, and B... That only happens if both teams kick field goals, because right? Because yeah. if if you score a touchdown, they're they're going to go for two. The game's going to end on that play one way or another. So I I don't know. I could go back and forth. I don't think it's the reason they lost that game. I think you got to score touchdowns in the red zone. They kind of crumbled when they got down there. I think that you've got to find a way to stop the other team from getting into your end zone. You've got an elite defense. You've got Nick Bosa and Hardman, and, I mean, or all uh, Hargrave rather, and 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 you traded for Chase Young and all the other guys you have on that defense. Fred Warner. I know you're missing Dre Greenlaw, but you have so many great players on that defense. I know they got Patrick Mahomes. You just got to keep him out of the end zone. So I I. I I understand why that's sort of been the thing people have focused on. I think for me, I would focus more on just, I thought the players got it done. And I thought Andy Reid was the best coach in the game. Not necessarily because of some of those big decisions, because I thought he blew a couple of them himself. Why wasn't he challenging the spot on the clear first down and then they called timeout? There was a bunch of stuff that I thought he got wrong over the course of the game also. But in the biggest moments on the biggest plays, he got his guys open, right? Mm-hmm. On the biggest moments of the biggest games, he puts your defensive players in a bind. He makes them make a decision on which play or which player they want to run with, and then he gives it to the other one. 
And it was certainly true on that big fourth down and overtime. That was the game. It was true a bunch of times on that drive and on other key drives throughout. He put you in a bind. And I thought that was probably the biggest reason that Kansas City was, won. Was there ever a moment during the game where you were like, okay, this feels like it's one team or the other's game right now, even though there's plenty of time left? I kind of felt throughout the game like the Chiefs were going to win. Really? I mean, it was close. Sure. And in a close game, I'm going to take and, Patrick Mahomes. Right, if, exactly. And he's been down in these moments before. Yeah. And like, obviously, I just, he knows it, how to come back. Yeah. In a close game, I'll take Patrick Mahomes. As and, soon as they finally scored a touchdown, I was yeah. like, oh, no. Here mm. we go. Like, they, people just let them hang around and – yeah. You, you, you can't do that. They always I mean, pulled he, out. He's he's just better. Right. The special teams, but yeah. There's... Anyway, uh, that was uh, that was sort of my take on the whole thing. I thought it was a fun, enjoyable game to watch. I did solve for those who have been, you know, worried about me having to figure out, you know, what to do with my parents' and food over the course. Mostly my dad, given his, um, you know, toddler, <laughs> six-year-old. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Eating like a six-year-old. So here's what I made, Justin. I know you were concerned about it all oh, weekend. Yeah, I was. I was waiting I'm, for a picture. I thought you were going to pay it off this no, weekend. No, I made four things. Uh, five things, I guess. We had some uh, chips and plain old onion dip. Just oh. a simple onion soup dip. Okay. We had homemade guac for me and my mom. My dad wouldn't touch it, but my mom and I went with some homemade guac, which was phenomenal. We made two types of chicken wings. In oh, the nice. air fryer. I did a lemon pepper that I thought was incredible. My dad thought that would not be sweet enough. And so we did a um, like an Asian soy ginger glazed one. And he was, wait a minute, he's okay with that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That feels a little more adventurous. Sounds like something a toddler wouldn't eat. No, he likes Chinese food. Good. Oh, got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's Chinese adjacent. Got it. Right. Okay. It's Chinese adjacent. Okay. And then uh, for the big meal, I went, I, you guys got me kind of thinking a lot about the sliders thing. So I went looking for things that would go on King's Hawaiian rolls, got some King's Hawaiian and then made essentially like a they called it a Philly, but it really wasn't that Philadelphia. It was more sort of chopped beef. But it was like I took a big um, a ground, a big chuck roast Mm -hmm. and had it uh, slow cooked for about eight hours. So it all kind of pulled apart. And then uh, that went uh, with onions and some provolone. It was it's pretty good. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty good. Great job. And everybody liked it, so it was fun. Great Plus, job. if you haven't watched a game with people in their 70s, I totally recommend it. Especially <laughs> the, the Super show Bowl. show is really for them. Well, yeah, you get a lot of, you know what you get a lot of? They are sort of, my parents are great. They're sort of able to understand that the halftime show is not for them. So they can kind of like get through that. But there's a lot of like, who is that? Why are they up there? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. But really what you get is a lot of like, why do they do it? This way now. They used to do it another way. Right? Like, who is this guy announcing? It used to be a different announcer. Why is this person screaming? They used to not scream so much. And so you get a lot of that in the course of the day, which uh, I'm sure many people will say, I sound like that. So now you'll know where it was I get sounding it from. a little familiar. Yeah. All right. That's say, enough. For, have you seen those progressive commercials? Yeah. All right. How dare you? Let's take a quick break. I'm going to compose myself after that ruthless cheap shot from Mora, and uh, I'll give you everything you need to know next. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, what started off as a fairly boring game, back and forth a little bit early, it ended in spectacular fashion. Patrick Mahomes cementing the back-to-back victory in overtime. First and goal. 
Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! This was the Andy Reid special we talked about. He was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across. And at that moment, he turns and goes back. Hartman, who they didn't have, right? And they go get Hartman and bring him back. And the game-winning drive of Mahomes' career. He's been waiting for. He's won Super Bowls, but he's never had it in an overtime. He is the best. He is the standard. Your Michael Jordan wins it again. What? What is Tony talking about? Shut up and let Jim Nance talk. Jim Nance with a classic jackpot call in Las Vegas. And Tony comes on and goes, well, Jim, it was McCall Hartman, and he was gone, and he, he came back. And, uh, my gosh. Anyway, it was pretty darn sweet. 333 yards from Mahomes, another 66 on the ground. He led his team in rushing. He was at his best when his team needed him the most yesterday. That makes three in five years for the Chiefs who did not necessarily seem like the better roster on paper. They certainly had the best player on the field and did a heck of a job. Uh, what was that final play? Patrick Mahomes asked afterwards. Uh, the, the call is different, but it's like the same exact motion as Corndog. And we brought it back at the right time. Coach Reza, he's a legend, man. He'll do that. So it's not Corndog, Corndog but it's just got the same action. Ocean. Corndog. As, yeah. Corndog. Yeah. <laughs> it's just mostly Corndog. Yeah, makes sense. Niners kind of sloppy from the start. Bunch of pre-snap penalties, key turnover early, the blocked PAT. Could they have gone for it on fourth and fourth and nine? Yeah, maybe. Could they have not taken the ball first to start overtime? Certainly there's an argument in both directions, but that is another Super Bowl loss for Kyle Shanahan as that team continues to age. Probably good news for the Seahawks. Here's the second thing you need to know. Hey, speaking of the Seahawks, after a seemingly endless search, they did end up going with the first name we had heard, Ryan Grubb, the new offensive coordinator of the Seahawks. A lot of happy football fans in this area. Is it because he's a great mind? Yes. Is it because it hurts Kalen DeBoer at Alabama? Probably that, too. After a round of drinks with John Schneider and Mike McDonald on Friday night, which was uh, essentially discovered by every Seahawks fan on the planet, the deal got done. He brings a tremendous resume of success, Colin plays, creativity in his design. And uh, I know he's been sort of primarily known as a passing guy, but maybe the best news here is he's expected to bring with him star offensive line coach Scott Huff, who signed the deal over the weekend as well. Adam Rittenberg, uh, now this is from a while ago. This is when they were trying to figure out who Ryan, uh, who would be the next head coach here at Washington. But he, uh, excuse me, Rittenberg was incredibly impressed with Grubb in general. Well, again, I think internally, you know, Ryan Grubb has positioned himself to be a head coach. Um, this would obviously be a big jump to be the head coach at Washington after never being a head coach, but he's familiar with the program. He's familiar with the players. You know, when I visited with him this spring and I've known Ryan for a number of years, he really has a thirst for, for knowledge and, and wanting to you know, figure out how to be a great CEO of a program, not just an offensive coordinator, not just a play caller. So I think he, he's going to be a good head coach. This would obviously be a big opportunity. Yeah, so what he decides to do instead is take some time to learn here with Seattle, and yeah, maybe eventually he'll become a head coach in the NFL instead. 
Here's the third thing you need to know. Oh, yeah. Well, now the football season's in the rearview mirror. We can almost immediately turn the page to baseball. Mariners, pitchers, and catchers reporting to camp in just two days. Position players will be right behind them. Still four big-name free agents out there. Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman. Probably the best fits here in Seattle. So if you would like to get one more player, and I don't know that it's likely to happen, but let's talk about, you know, the, the how you could make it happen. The first thing you probably need to do is hope that Cody Bellinger goes back to Chicago. I don't think Bellinger's coming here. So if he were to go back to Chicago, it starts to limit Matt Chapman's options. He can't go back to Toronto. They signed Justin Turner. Maybe the Niners are, or excuse me, maybe the Giants are a possibility in San Francisco. I don't know whether that front office is particularly interested. So if you were looking to try to nab him on a short deal and try to finish out this roster, really, really root for Cody Bellinger to go back to Chicago and for that to happen sooner rather than later. That is everything you need to know. We do a quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk show. Um, Yeah. So we're going to talk to Mike McDonald today. I assume everybody is happy about the Ryan Grubb hire. Uh, yeah, based on the way that the reaction was during just speculation, like how could I not be happy about it? I, I wonder, those always worry me a little bit anytime the local audience wants somebody local to be their coach, coordinator, quarterback, whatever position. It always makes me a little nervous because it's just like it's a familiar name. As, and I think generally people tend to be a little afraid of the unfamiliar. But by all accounts, Grubb really knows what he's doing. Certainly what he did here at Washington the last couple of years was special. And, you know, it opens up the po- a lot of possibilities for this team. I'm very curious when we talk to, to McDonald today to find out what he thinks the offense should look like. Why Grubb? What is it about that style of offense that he thinks is going to fit with his team in general? So uh, looking forward to that. That'll be at 930 this morning, our first chance to sit down with new Seahawks coach Mike McDonald. All right. Uh, It was a very good weekend. Um, Maura, I assume, are around the weekend mostly focuses on the Waste Management Open yesterday? Yes, yeah. I was going to the same thing. I'm going to give a drunk report. That that you were watching and really struggled with whether or not to flip over to the Super Bowl? Like Uh, me? Sure. I was like, yeah, I should. I know I should flip over, but I really want to see if Charlie Hoffman's going to win this thing. So I'm sure you were in the same position. More people run out onto the course. Yeah, we'll do that. Well, hey, they had that problem at the Super Bowl, too. I know. What are you going to do? All right, we'll come right back. Moore's going to take us through the weekend, and specifically the Super Bowl. It's next on Brock and Salk. This is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Yeah, fun day today as we get to react to last night's Super Bowl and everything that goes with it. Plus, we're talking to Mike McDonald today at 9.30, new Seahawks coach. So looking forward to that. And, uh, and, and he's been busy, busy little beaver, got himself an offense coordinator, defensive coordinator, coaching staff starting to work itself out. So while we did want to talk to him last week, in some ways kind of excited that we waited until today because so much has uh, now gotten done. We can kind of ask him about it rather than him saying, well, I can't talk about it. Now he, uh, now he can. So that should be pretty darn cool. Mora, uh, I know you were hard at work yesterday while, well, Mike McDonald was filling out his coaching staff. You were getting ready for this morning. So what'd we miss? 
All right. Well, yeah, I figured we can go through the game a little bit. I know everyone saw it, but we can kind of go through what we saw while we were watching and break it down a little bit. Okay. So first half belonged to the Niners, even though the Chiefs forced a fumble less than three minutes into the game. Mike Pinnell, who Salk was texting us about because he's a Lord. giant human being. Who is that? He's massive. Uh, he's apparently he only from? activated from the practice squad two days ago. He is a absolute monstrous human being. <laughs> he's huge. Yeah, he's 6'4", according to the internet. That's not true. He's got to be bigger than that. He looked like he was like 6'7", 3'80". I think it said he was only like 334. 333. Liars. That doesn't make sense. (laughs) Absolute lie. That guy's huge. That's the eye test. He's massive. All right. Well, he knocked the ball out of Christian McCaffrey's hands. Ball is. Oops. Sorry. We're going to try that again. They go back to him again. Ball is on the ground. The ball is out. Perloftis is there for Kansas City. The first signal is a chief recovery. Well, the ball's definitely out. Your guy Romo again. <laughs> What's out, Jim? I don't know. We'll see what happens. This is genius. You see, he reaches in and punches the ball, and the ball comes out. <laughs> well, we're gonna have to go take another look, Jim. I don't know what happened here, but there's a chance, and I don't. You see there, and you told us off air he was less annoying to you. He was less annoying yesterday. To be fair, he's still annoying, but less so. <laughs> okay. He seemed I think like he was some... more annoying to Brock. Yeah, I thought somebody had, like, slipped him a Valium or something before a game. He just seemed <laughs> less hyped than he normally does. What did, What about the crowd? Did you think they seemed I, – I saw oh. Michael Silver say that it seemed quiet in there, but then I also I saw people tell. saying the Niners fans were just so outnumbering the Chiefs fans. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, I couldn't really tell. I didn't get a good sense for that. All right, well, defense continued to win out in the first half with the Chiefs going three and out. The Niners then killed themselves with penalties on their next drive, and the Chiefs had another short possession before the Niners finally get on the board with a 55-yard Jake Moody field goal at the beginning of the second quarter. On the next drive, Niners cornerback D'Amador Lenore forces an Isaiah Pacheco fumble when the Chiefs were at the San Francisco 9. First and goal, Pacheco cuts it outside, tries to do it a second time, and he lost the football, and the Niners are on it! Mahomes looks so mad. Yeah. Yeah, well, understandably. Yeah. So, a couple of things. First of all, is there some sort of a rule that announcers have to say his full name every single time? Lenore? Oh, I don't know. Every single time that guy is, like, on the field, every announcer feels like they have to say his first and last name. And there is Diamador Lenore. It's Just like they've done the, the work. Tongue. They've done the work, and they want to prove, prove that it. they know how to say it. Uh, Pacheco had a terrible game. I mean, and I like him. I am not, like, in any way anti. I was, like, looking forward to watching him run hard and all of that. I thought he was awful. He didn't pick up yards that looked like they were there. The fumble was brutal. I just, I thought he did not have a very good game at all. And I don't blame Mahomes for being mad. I don't think I remember seeing him be up that upset about it. I mean, obviously, he's mad, but I don't think I remember uh, what play it was. But he and Rice, I think, were getting into it on the sideline because he yeah. said he was open. And... Easy there. Rasheed Rice, yeah, they were. Uh, I know the rookie going back at Mahomes. Easy rook. Well, so. someone else that wasn't happy uh, on that very play was Travis Kelsey, as we all saw on the broadcast mm. later. He <laughs> went up and uh, pretty aggressively bumped into Andy Reid, who was not paying attention, so almost knocked him over. Um, <laughs> that was uh, an old man. And was screaming at him. Apparently, he wanted to be out there 
on that play. Uh, this was Andy Reid talking about it after the game. Was Travis giving that speech on the sideline when he ran into you oh, in the yeah. first half? No. <laughs> yeah. so, the balance looked good. Yeah, not so good. He tested, tested that hip out. You know. yeah, I know. Like JB's so, got a new hip, too. Yeah, man. I'm you you took a good hit right there. But, but that's how you guys communicate sometimes. Well, he caught me off balance. So normally, I'd give him a little bit, but you know, I didn't have any feet under me. <laughs> I mean, everything's fine when you win, right? Yeah. I didn't, Burleson did mention that, though. He's like, they do this a lot. Like, they, everybody kind of body checks like that. He's two different times he brought that up. That seems kind of odd. I Same thing. That's the same thing. I don't feel like I've ever noticed or seen that before. I, I kind of got the sense, and I am absolutely reading a lot into this, so this is nothing more than just sort of a sense that I got that Travis was under a lot of pressure yesterday. Do you get that sense that everything that's been sort of going on around him and Taylor Swift, the whole deal that it was like he kind of almost felt like he needed to be the one to come up with the big play in this Mm -hmm. game, that there just was a lot of pressure on. Oh, and don't forget all the people who have been doubting him, you know. Uh, no, I'm not even going to say that. I, I mean, obviously, that's all a bunch of baloney. Nobody's been doubting them. I mean, they're a really good team, and they have Patrick Mahomes and all of that. But I, I do think that he's put some extra pressure on himself, and it felt like, you know, to complete the, like, great American story, he needed to do something special in that game. And through the first half, he wasn't doing anything special at all. What, one catch for one yard? Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I, I got. I, I kind of point. got that sense. That was my my. Yeah, you got the weight of the on Swifties it. on you. You might, might react a little differently too. <laughs> the weight of the Swifties. I mean, my God. Well, the uh, 49ers would not capitalize off that turnover, but on their next possession, Shanahan decided it was going to take a trick play to finally get someone in the end zone in this game. So he dialed this up. Juwan Jennings, oh, trick play. Oh, this ball's in the air for a long time. McCaffrey's able to pull it down, and he's going in for the touchdown. Brock Purdy to Juwan Jennings to Christian McCaffrey for a 21-yard touchdown. How about that? I thought that was a really cool play and risky. That ball, I mean, he said it in the in the play-by-play call. The ball's in the air for a long time. It looked like it was there forever. Yeah. And you're watching it like, man, that ball's going to get picked off. And Juwan Jennings standing in there to take the hit. Like, Oh, my gosh. Wow. You're like, eventually, either that ball's going to get picked off or, like, he's going to get drilled the second he catches it because it just seemed like it took forever. But once he got there, he was able to make the one move and go. Um, you get McCaffrey in, in the ability to just run in a straight line like that, and you don't have much of a chance. So I uh, that was a cool play. And, and Jennings had himself a heck of a game. I know you're going to come back to him in a yeah. minute. You know, if the Niners had won that game, he might have been the MVP, which is crazy. Yeah, I saw someone say if they had like a six man award like the NBA has that Juwan Jennings should win it. Yeah. Yeah. Like a guy who nobody expected to do much of anything. But wow, what a game he ended up having. Yeah, the Chiefs did manage a Harrison Butker 28 yard field goal with 20 seconds left to head into halftime down just 10-3. And then, of course, Usher performed at halftime. But the best part, I think... Yes. We've been talking about how yes. we want to go to his concert was yes. our guy Luda. Dude, Luda's the best. Yeah. Luda is the best. Were you surprised when he came out? 
I was. Yeah, I was not expecting that. I would not at all. I was no expecting chance. Lil John. I was not surprised. I was expecting John. Alicia Keys too. I was expecting Bieber. Like I. Oh yeah, a lot of people. Bieber. A lot of people thought that might happen. Interesting. Yeah, one of the challenges with you know being and watching the game with my seventy-five-year-old parents <laughs> is that there was my mom seemed to believe there were people that thought that Taylor Swift was going to come out. And I was like, I don't think so. She's there to watch the game. Like, and she's turned down the Super Bowl halftime show multiple times. Right. It'd be weird if she just made a guest appearance. With Usher, who she doesn't really have any ties to. I well, but again, this is what happens when you watch Super Bowl somebody in their seventies. <laughs> like the that thought probably didn't uh, didn't run through her head. So uh, and I she's thought it was just on the big screen chugging drinks. I don't think she's got any time to get up. Also like true. That. I did you like it? What do you think of the of the halftime show? That was great. Yeah, that was really good. I thought uh, it was good. There was no. I didn't find any reason to hate it. For that way. For I, sure. Yeah, I thought no. it was really fun. They had the right amount of guests. Um, I mean. Roller dancing skates. still on point because he's like 45 now, Usher. Yeah, the roller skating was pretty well choreographed. And then I was looking up, like I said, I was looking at people's ages and I was like, holy cow, Lil John is 53 years old Darn out right there in is. a full on leather outfit with no sleeves. That was <laughs> going, okay. <laughs> Good for him. That guy's going to be yelling, okay, until he's like 105 <laughs> years old. Like, that's going to be his job for life. Um, the Jermaine Dupri suit, what? shorts, or like culottes? What were those? I don't I, know. I saw someone say, what in the pilgrim? <laughs> <laughs> I thought in general it was very good, but I did not think it was better than the one in L.A. a few years ago with Dre and Snoop and all that. Yeah. That one was, but that one was more, um, they had a really cool set and they just kept bringing out more surprise guests and it was that, cool. The performance element was bigger last night. Like there was, that one was kind of stationary. Uh, that's true. No, you're right about that. I, I would agree. Yeah, the whole roller skating thing was really cool. The set was great, but I, I still preferred the one. Yeah, in LA. the one in LA was better than cool. Rihanna's elevated platform thing. That was that cool. Yeah, year. I thought that was the best of like actual like sets and performances. Yeah, that was amazing last year. That kid's got to be uh, how old now? Almost oh, I think she's old. already had another one since. Well, what? I mean, yeah. Well, she no another I mean, one. The one she was. Never mind. <laughs> I was forgetting where we're at. <laughs> Jeez, she's going quick. She's having like two kids a year. (laughs) Um, All right. All right. So we'll get to the second half. Uh, Oh, there we go. Uh, Sorry. The Chiefs did not open the second half strong. Patrick Mahomes fumbled on their first play, but they recovered. Two plays later, Mahomes was intercepted by Niners cornerback Jair Brown while trying to hit Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Third and 12. Stepping up and locks it. He is picked off. He overthrew a target. Terrible throw. Terrible decision. Terrible throw. Yeah. Yeah, that was very very Mahomes-like. It was not Mahomes-like at all. But um, he's got kind of lucky. Nothing really came of it. I mean, that was that could have been the big crucial moment in the game, and instead, his defense totally helped him out because nothing came of that play. Well, yeah, and something that the Niners can look back on, that they they got turnovers that the Chiefs don't usually give, and they didn't do anything off of them. So the next drives, the Chiefs go three and out. But when they punt the ball, it goes off Daryl Luter's foot, and the Chiefs recover, setting up an easy 16-yard touchdown pass for Mahomes to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. This was where I started to worry that Brock was going to win our bet. I told you, like, as soon as they finally got in the end zone, I was like, oh, no. I thought maybe the Niners had a chance of 
taking off at some point and getting me some of that yardage that I needed from Purdy and McCaffrey you know, in order to not again? have to sing. The number, how many yards did you need? It was... I needed over 247, 247 for Purdy, yeah. and I needed uh, over 90 and a half rushing yards for McCaffrey. Uh -huh. He had one long <sighs> touchdown that was a pass, too, so that didn't count toward his rushing total. Mm. Yeah. So I was, uh, at this point, I started to get nervous. I don't yeah. know why we don't just bet donuts like Bump and Stacy. Um, the Blizzards don't win that Brock kind of like sprung the singing. He asked if we could do prop bets, and then on air, he was like, loser sings. He didn't ask me, like... He sprung that up. Oh, you didn't agree to the terms before, is no. what you're saying? Are you going to back out? I just really... More, are you, you going to back gonna out? You can't do it? I, no, I've done it every time you guys have forced this on me. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think it's going to be as funny when it's all the time. Like, I just did it. <laughs> it's like the I'm band a, that plays I, every I weekend. I don't know what you're complaining to us about. We had nothing to do with this. <laughs> <sighs> the Niners I'm, answered with a Juwan no Jennings tenure. No one's making you sing. <laughs> yes, you are. Don't make me sing. Don't, don't make me sing. The Niners answered with a Jawan Jennings 10-yard catch, but Jake Moody's point after touchdown was blocked, making it 16-13 Niners. His own fault. And that would loom large later. Some blocks are because the guy makes a great play. This was not one of them. That was just a bad kick. He kicked it low. Yeah, he's had some struggles this year. Yeah. He's better from 57 than he I has. Right. Oh, so weird. PAT range. Uh, in overtime, the Niners hey, ate up. Just to come back before you get to overtime, what did you think of the of that punt fumble play in real time i was like oh my god mcleod is an yeah I was like, what are you doing and then i was glad that they showed what happened because he actually did the right thing and even in even at first i thought it had touched a chiefs player first yeah which means he can safely try to grab that ball and they still get it even if he ends up fumbling but it wasn't it was a niners player so he absolutely had to go do it unfortunately for him he wasn't able to grab it but he was like talk about like looking like the absolute goat and then immediately being having your name cleared it was like being a suspect in a <laughs> yeah in a, seriously some sort of a criminal case and all of a sudden like no no he's clear we got an alibi you're like, free oh, to go phew, somebody else <laughs> yeah that was crazy oh and all the other thing we also didn't talk about you briefly mentioned and need to know was poor Drake greenlaw that was heartbreaking that's stunk man he's a really good player and a really likable player as well I know you're not supposed to like anybody in the Niners, but I do like him and I do like Debo. And uh, yeah, that stinks. I just, just can only imagine what goes through your head when you've prepared so hard for this moment. Oh, and what and it does to the rest of the defense, too. Yeah. And it's, it's one thing when it, you get hurt because of the game. Yeah. Like, okay, it's football. Sometimes you get hurt. Sometimes you, those things happen. He got hurt just running onto the field. Ugh, just brutal. Brutal. All right, in overtime, the Niners ate up seven and a half minutes and came away with a field goal on their drive, but it turns out they left the Chiefs three seconds too long because that's what was left on the clock when Patrick Mahomes did this. First and goal. Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! Wait, did Mahomes mumble something about the Super Bowl in the background? On the, or, I mean, sorry, did Romo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you hear that? Like, yeah. What was that? Before the Super Bowl. First and goal. Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hartman! So he did it on the, I'm not other, even a, like the, a Romo hater like you guys, but that's really weird. Be quiet. On the Niners possession a couple of different times, too. It's like, oh, for the Super Bowl. For the Super Bowl. Dude, <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> Stop. Uh, speaking of, I, I rolled in this cut just for you guys because I know how much you love Travis Kelsey. And this was just oh. such a shining moment for him last night post game. Y'all hear this? Oh. We've been fighting for all right all day. 
Such cringe. <laughs> I told so you guys that cringe. I saw last night, like some of these Swifties that are, have just gotten to know Travis Kelsey this year and don't really know. They were posting videos last night. Like, I don't know. He pushed his coach and he's kind of old. And then that Viva Las Vegas <laughs> thing was kind of cringy. Yeah, no kidding. I don't know. All right. So a couple of thoughts on all of this. I have a few thoughts on this. First of all, did you think Taylor looked embarrassed? Uh, that's what Betsy said. She looked at, they showed the shot oh, of her and she man. goes, oh, she's embarrassed. She looked mortified. <laughs> now, I may have been projecting onto her because I was embarrassed, but I just was <laughs> like, oh my God. Like she, uh, I, if I were her, I would have had this thought like, oh no. Yeah. I have carefully crafted my reputation for all of these years. We're having this nice, you know, great love story in the crowd. Everybody loves it. And he's doing this? Stop doing that. Look ridiculous. It's off brand. I also think that I would like to put him into a category with Miley Cyrus. Let me be the first person to compare Travis Kelsey and Miley Cyrus. (laughs) They are both people that I think are incredibly talented. I think Travis Kelsey is right there amongst the best tight ends of all time. Surefire, first ballot, Hall of Famer. He wins. He comes up big in big moments. I think the world of him as a player. Similarly, I think Miley Cyrus has the best voice of her generation. I think she can sing. I think she sounds amazing when she does stuff. Like, I don't necessarily need all of her pop stuff. It's not like the type of music I choose to listen to. But when she just sings... Again, I think she's the modern Stevie Nicks. I think the world of her voice. I also think both of them should never talk. (laughs) Just never speak in public. (laughs) Just do what it it is you get paid to do and are good at. Miley, (laughs) sing and dance or whatever else you have to do, but sing. And Travis, play football and never allow the world to hear you speak. Yeah, I didn't know which one of the personalities that we were going to get, but we heard it. Love we got player. the um, look at me personality, and it, it just it made it about him in a way that I thought was kind of gross. <laughs> yeah, I figured that you guys would have oh, just that kind of. And I've been rooting for him too because I do I do <laughs> like Taylor Swift, and my kids are into it. And so like I can kind of, I was I thought I was past all of his. <laughs> you know, I can't even say most of the words that describe it. I think but he's I, been on his best behavior this year. Yeah, just kind of came out. It was awful. That was that was the worst part of <laughs> everyone. Lo- everyone loves it when his brother does it. His brother feels more natural. <laughs> it feels more real, less forced. Okay. Mm. Right. Yep. What about commercials? What do you guys think? Good. Oh, Dunkin's Donuts was yeah. the best. And then the one that Saul apparently didn't remember seeing was uh, the diamond, the diamonds that were polished by the guys who'd come close to winning Super Bowls but hadn't. I miss that one. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. I too. also like Dan the, Marino's in a lot. I of thought articles. the couch potatoes were pretty good. Oh yeah, couch potatoes is good. Wait, Michael Sarah. People are saying Miley Cyrus has zero talent. Two oh nine. You're just not check up. yourself. That's yeah, just that's just wrong. flat out wrong. Seriously, that's all right. She's got a tremendous voice. Are you going to say your favorite commercial? Oh, uh, I like the Arnold Schwarzenegger commercials. I thought those were pretty funny. Mm, and the Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Probably those two. I thought it was funny. Arnold incapable of saying the R at the end of the words. That was pretty good. <laughs> that made me laugh. 
Speaking of incapable of saying ours, Ben Affleck really laid on the Boston accent thing for the Dunkin' Donuts stuff. I couldn't tell. Was that, like, supposed to be Ben and Matt? Or at some point it felt like they were trying to just do Goodwill Hunting? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's just what they do. They I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't tell exactly what they were going for, but it didn't really matter. And Matt Damon just sort of made the whole thing. But good on yeah. Ben Affleck, too. Like, he seems to be having fun making fun of himself these days. Good on those guys. I uh, also saw some outtakes from it where they had um, a, a Dunkin' Donuts, like, uh, you know, supposed to look like a donut, but it was a circle that they were trying to throw a football through. And Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were struggling. Of course, Tom Brady's wow. just drilling it. Right. But at one point, Ben Affleck put his face behind it and then was joking. And Brady was like, ha no. And then he put his hands and Brady was like, yeah, that's good. And uh, and then he was like, no, seriously, I don't want to hurt you. Move your hands. Wow. And, um, I thought about Brock and how. Don't, don't ever try to catch a football. He's out here, like, breaking it. fingers. Just, yeah. just don't do it. <laughs> just don't do it. All no, right, no, there you I go. Want to. Now and that's why I want to do that. I want to. You want to catch a pass from Brock? I, no, I want to try. No, you don't. Why? I know it it's going to hurt, but I at least want to try it. Well, I mean, you When else am I going to have an opportunity to try to catch a football from somebody who played the quarterback no, position sure in the Brock NFL? Will do it. Just ask him. It's fine. Okay. We uh, usually have one floating around the spring training facility, right? Some of those pitchers use one. A lot of people, a lot of people, yeah, you can definitely do that at spring training. A lot of people trying to argue with me on Miley. <laughs> I won't hear it. Her voice is tremendous. Seriously, I, I totally, totally disagree. Listen to her do Jolene. Listen to her do uh, Stevie Nicks stuff. I think she's incredible. People are audio tricks? No. I've sat in a room and listened to her sing acoustic without anything, and it's incredible. Yeah, I think she has a truly amazing voice, but God, is she annoying. Like, don't speak. <laughs> I, find, I find her to be absolutely like cover my ears the moment she starts talking and I'm going to put uh, Travis Kelsey in the same. She covered Metallica. I forgot about that too. Yeah. I've heard that. Uh, she did nothing else matters. Yeah. Right. And did it really, really well. Yeah. She's really good at that stuff. As long as she's not doing her own music. She's great. Okay. Coming up next, Brock is in. What did he make of what we saw and what does it tell us about the Seahawks moving forward? Stick around. It's next on Brock and Salk.